0: people say living in the gym is a phrase I lived there yeah you know so it was a mad time in my life it's a personal journey you know you have to be selfish in boxing and it, it is about me you know it's my life and Then just randomly one day I thought it was a wind-up I get a phone call I was like all right Dylan how would you be fixed to spar Conor McGregor for his next fight and I'm like you know what is going on here I'm like, of course I'd love that Catskills resort big casino Dylan Warren's fighting Dennis McCott. Uh yeah, and it went horribly wrong. I got knocked out in the third round and it was, oh man, it was the worst week of my life. He actually said, I spoke to someone high up in the government. This was a powerful man. And he said, Angela Merkel. And she said to me, this was at the beginning of COVID. This is here for a long time. And we all thought it was going to go. I yeah, knew, I knew. But we all thought, yeah. and I thought, it was going to go away in two weeks. Everybody did it at the beginning. This is yeah. the very beginning. It just goes with everything else in the world. The world's gone crazy. God knows what's going to happen next. You know, when the first happened, I didn't really agree with it, I wouldn't think. Um, but at the, at the moment, I'm like, look, this is the way the world is going, and if you don't go with it, well, then you're going to get left behind. You know, you have to save yourself in this world. Yeah. Everybody can give you all the advice, and, you know, but you've got to do it for yourself.
1: Information covered up, censorship, corruption, the mainstream media have proven itself to be untrustworthy. I'm here to give a platform for debate, for truth. For open discussion, I'm introducing you to my podcast Silenced with Tommy Robinson. Who exactly is Tommy Robinson or Stephen gaxley Lane? The English defence League, of the EDL. Robinson. Action. Action. The problem is with Islamic The, the English far right, Islamophobic actor. Since then, there's been organised protests across the country in London, Manchester, Leeds. People in their thousands are marching for There is no such thing! As a Muslim... Free Born on December 4th, 1994 in Waterford City, Dylan Moran started boxing at the age of eight. He tried his hand at kickboxing in his early 20s before switching to boxing in the amateur circuit. Going by the moniker of the real deal, Dylan started competing professionally in 2017. He's also well-known for sparring UFC superstar and fellow countryman, Conor McGregor. McGregor was impressed with a 26-year-old whom he referred to as a phenomenally exciting Irish talent. A career of some ups and downs, Dylan has remained focused and strives to achieve in his fight. Welcome to my latest edition of my podcast, Silence. I'm joined today by professional Irish boxer, Dylan Tell Tommy. Did I get that right? Yeah, you got it right. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure no, to be here. Thanks for coming, mate. We have a we have a mutual friend mm. who's looking pretty good with himself in the midnight. Yeah, the bit, the bit, <laughs> the bit, the bit, the bit away too. too. <laughs> we have a mutual friend, so I'd, I'd heard about you. Yeah, I know you blew up recently, mm. but I'd heard about you before. I'd heard about you training with Conor McGregor. I'd heard about a little, little. I think you had a little tiff with Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah. A couple mm. little things. So I thought, as we're in. We're in the same country. I mean, I'm a friend. It'd be great to sit and hear your story. Of course, and it's a pleasure to be sat here and go through it with you. Thank you, bro. And um, we'll end on the most recent fight, sure Yeah, we?
0: yeah. The heartbreak. The heartbreak. Yeah, we will finish we finish yeah we'll finish on that. Should we finish on that? Yeah, we'll finish on that. So tell me, where are you from, Dylan? So Waterford, Ireland, I would have grown up in, Tommy. Um, bottom, south of Ireland. Furthest points out you can get. And uh, yeah, I've just been introduced to boxing from a very, very young age. 28 now, and that's all I've done since then. Since how old? Since as far as I can remember. So you know, my dad used to run a gym. He used to be in there boxing himself, running the classes, and I was just brought along as a child. So from day dot, I've been putting boxing gloves on and in that environment. Why did you start fighting? We just started having, you know, the tournament fights. Probably about eight or nine, I'd say.
1: How big is boxing in Ireland?
0: HB. Is it's big, it? yeah. It is. It's probably one of the best world sports back there. You can see why well, we've got numerous talents back, and you know a lot coming through. It's very exciting at the moment. But uh, yeah, massive. You know the Irish love of fight and all that crack. So boxing and Irish goes hand in hand.
1: And they got a and you've built you've built a large following as well. Yeah,
0: I think it's just my story to be honest. It's been a mad few years. Um, but what, oh, what you really?
1: did you have? A, did you have a big amateur career?
0: Had a good amateur career. Yeah. Um, and I know everybody says, oh, I was done with bad luck, but I genuinely just had a bit of bad luck and a lot of heartbreak as an amateur because you never just get across the line for different reasons. And uh, yeah, I just turned my back on it and said, I'm going to go professional. To why, be
1: fair. Why, why you to go pro? Um,
0: to be fair, going pro was always the goal. Always the goal. You know, I used to watch the pro boxing shows in Ireland as a kid with my dad. And I'd on the end of the bed watching them, you know, on RTE. And I'd be like, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and I went and I'd done it what age I turned pro I think twenty 21, twenty one, twenty one. 21 but I finished amateur boxing at about 18 but I, was a, I thought I was a bit too young at the time to go pro so I ended up kickboxing so I had about 85 86 kickboxing fights traveled I, the world how many? about 85 or 86 85. Yeah. Kickboxing Um yeah all over the world uh, what an experience that was and then when I felt the time was right and I was mature enough to go pro I said yeah let's do it and uh, even that is a mad story you know I kind of Look, I grew up in the, when you're in the gym and you're in sports, you've got a lot of discipline in your life. I had a great dad behind me. I had a great life, so I can't sit here and say any different. And uh, my dad moved from the city out to the country to give us, you know, a better upbringing. But I in my teenage years, and as you do, you know, curiosity killed the cat. I started getting into party and turning my back on boxing and whatnot. And going down roads like that, they never end well, really, do they? And it didn't for me. But uh, I had my turning point, and I said, "This is it. Yeah, I need to." Focus on my boxing, you know, go all in, and I packed a bag, bro, and I moved to Manchester to Kieran Farrells, and I lived in the
1: gym for two years, yeah. and that's
0: where it all kicked
1: off. What well, you just, yeah, when you were twenty-one,
0: yeah, and then who did you sign with? So I signed with Kieran Farrell. I would have made him where trip about I was in on Manchester. He would. Okay. so literally went over it's a mad story most people you know they don't see they just see like last weekend you know they see the bright lights they see all the cameras and all that bro haywood isn't the nicest place in the world great place in manchester but it's it's, just a, bit, it's a bit rough yeah. put a bed upstairs and slept in the gym most people say living live in the gym is a phrase i lived there yeah you know so it was a mad time of my life young just out experiencing the world and yeah slept upstairs for two years and went for it yeah just went for it and how'd you get on when was your first fight Do you know what? That was the foundation for what I went on to do. Um, You know, Manchester's the home of boxing in England, really, isn't it? That's crazy. Yeah, you know, boxing is held in high regard over there. And I earned my stripes, order man. It wasn't easy. Kieran used to bring me around to all these gyms, you know, and I've been in there with the best of them. And uh, yeah, like I said, I learned my trade over there. When was your first fight? my first fight where was my first fight um it was in bowlers arena in manchester yeah mate i had a book
1: launch i had a book launch organized in Bowlers. yeah yeah sold a thousand tickets in a week 50 pound a ticket 50 grand yeah Yeah. the police went in and put pressure on it to make them cancel Uh yeah said they take away their alcohol license So i know Bowlers. I know bowlers and I went to a boxing event there recently. It's a wicked boxing yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, I do great
0: decent, shows. Decent in there, yeah, the atmosphere would be crazy. Yeah. But uh, first first fight was in bowlers and a uh, massive crowd come over from Ireland. You know, I would moved away, I would put my time in, done the training camp. Everybody come over and what a buzz that was, what a night it was. Um, fought really well and won. And yeah, it all just kicked off from there, really. Fights came quick and fast with Kieran. And I was just fighting on the circuit over Manchester, really. You know, as a, you have to get your record up there. Yeah. And, and that's what we've done
1: you know, when you were doing the kickboxing? Did you ever hear of Andrew
0: Tate when you was
1: doing kickboxing? Yeah, I did hear and of Andrew you, Tate. you know of been back yeah. then? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did hear of Andrew Tate. Um, yeah. What level did you get to in kickboxing? I just thought back then because I thought, I, I, I don't know any kickboxers, but if you was in kickboxing, you'd know. Bro, I fought everybody kickboxing did and you? won what
0: Irish titles I was to win. won um, Two European titles and two world titles. Did you? Yeah, I did, yeah. I've got oh, all wow. the belts at home. And uh, what a tough game. You know, boxing would be more of a skill set. Kickboxing for me was just kind of more rough and ready. You know, let's see, was more of a man in here kind of a thing. And that again stood to me for what I went on to do in boxing. Um, but what a time it was, some great people in kickboxing, some great experiences, and like I said, I traveled the world doing it.
1: And then you've gone to Manchester,
0: started boxing career. Started the boxing career in Manchester, yeah. And what Did you move I... out of the gym? So yeah, <laughs> so I gave it about a year and a half, I think it was the coming of two years in Kieran's gym. And you know yourself, you just get the feeling when it's time to move on. Um, so I'd been based in Manchester and I was like I need to start making a name name for myself back home now. Um, so I got in contact with people back home and next one I got a fight on uh, on T V actually in Ireland which was which was great, you know, a dream of mine to fight on Terrestrial T V back home, T G four. That was on a Mayo. Went home, had that fight, I boxed really, really well and a week later, I got a phone call saying that there was some promoter in America watching and he wants to sign you. So uh, you won you won I won the fight, okay, yeah. yeah. week later, still on a hike, get a phone call. Joe DiGuardia in America Starbucks and they want to sign you. So I'm like, you know, a kid from over, I'm living the dream. You know, Manchester's paid off, let's say. Yeah, yeah. um, sign the contract quick and fast. And next thing, we're looking at a fight in America. Um, yeah, stayed at home to train for that one. I'd moved home, as I said, my time had come to an end in Manchester. And uh off we went to America, Tommy, you know, bags packed, me and my dad, Steven, um Jaco. Yeah, he was there. And okay. uh Catskills Resort. What year big, was this? This how many years ago was that?
1: Six six years six ago. Six years ago. Okay.
0: Big big resort. Irish kid heading to America. I'm living the dream yeah, but trust me, man. you know what I mean? It was <laughs> it was amazing. Walking on air, uh, Catskills resort, big casino, Dylan Warren's fighting Dennis O'Cott, uh yeah and I went horribly wrong I got knocked out in the third round and it was oh man it was the worst week of my life it, for everything to have been going so good to then just come crashing down again and it was it's that kind of sequence i just been repeating since I and, went professional
1: and how'd you deal with that? at oh, that it was time, the worst week so of my you life. must be you going to Ireland you've, got, you, you've come to Manchester you then go to America you must be buzzing but everyone in, in your community must be buzzing as the, well, the your family's whole, buzzing
0: the whole city is buzzing yeah. the buzz was amazing and uh, yeah it all came crashing down um, but they, I, I don't know I look back on it and I honestly believe it was all meant to be at the time obviously I didn't look at it like that I thought my world would end it, man because I'm all in with this boxing game I've got nothing else going on in my life do you know what I mean it's just me and my gear back I'm ready to go wherever I need to go to make it happen yeah. and uh, yeah there I was in America third round got put to sleep. it is what it is and yeah like I said moments like them and going through situations like them they 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 just harden you up as a person for what you're gonna go on and do.
1: Did you carry on straight away or did you take a break? No, I
0: took a while off. Um, went a bit off the rails for a while. And, you know, you have to save yourself in this world. Yeah, Everybody yeah. can give you all the advice, and, you know, but you gotta do it for yourself. So, bad luck after bad luck. I made a phone call. I said, I need to get my career back on track. i long was I'm for? I'm going, probably about two or three months was all. Okay. And uh, got the itch, got a phone call. Said, I need a fight. They say, uh, we can get you a fight in Mexico. I'm like, cool. My dad's going to go with me. He's going to go. The week before the fight, the two of them can't go. I said, I'm going to go alone. The promoter's like, you're going to go to Mexico on your own. I was like, yeah, bro, I need to get my career kick-started again. I'm all in here. Flight to Los Angeles, 11 hours, getting an Uber, down to Tijuana Mexico. I'm sitting in the dressing room two days later. The fight it was about to happen in some nightclub. <laughs> it was the maddest experience of my life, Tommy. So I'm sitting on a little bucket. On your own? On my own. Totally on your yeah, own? Yeah, after wrapping my own hands. Where was you? I,
1: uh-huh.
0: They just couldn't go. Yeah, um, yeah. And I said, I'm going alone. Mm. I'm sitting in this dressing room. And uh, I remember actually thinking that night, this isn't going to end well. I was jet lagged from the flight. I felt dehydrated. How long
1: have you been there have you, you met? I'd only been
0: there like three or four days. Okay. It was completely madness what yeah, was yeah. going on. But... Uh, yeah i'm looking out the window these mexicans are killing each other in the ring the other (laughs) mexicans have got wife beater vests on them they're smoking fags and they're drinking cans and i'm thinking but the doctor comes in and goes the fight's not happening your man's medical was never correct so i'm sitting there at the other side of the world when i look back on it now i'm delighted that didn't happen But in the moment i was like are you for real I've i've just traveled halfway across the world to get my career back on track another foot years not out. And yeah, back to the hotel, sat on the bed for a fucking four or five hours, just thinking, what am I, am I actually wasting my time here? Do you know what I mean? So I'm done with boxing again, I'm gonna get a job, I'm gonna move on with my life, and I go home. And uh, yeah, I stay out of the gym for a few months. And then I just get this random phone call out of the blue one time, Tom Dallas, is this the morning? I said, uh, yeah, uh, he said, Tom Dallas speaking. I was just wondering, would you be interested in going to Liechtenstein to spar a Basper out? To spar who? A Basper out. Who's that? Um, he's a German fighter, a really, okay. really good European champion. Um, I didn't know him at the time. I didn't know where Liechtenstein was. I didn't even know it was a place. And I was just thinking, do you know what? I might not melt. I might as well. So the next thing I want to play into Liechtenstein on my own. And Liechtenstein is a small country next to us? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really, really small country. It's one of the richest countries in the world, actually, okay. um, between Austria, Germany, and Switzerland. And uh, I think when all the wars that went on years ago, they all agreed to keep their money there and no one would touch it. Like Switzerland. Yeah, some okay. some bit of a setup like that. But uh, So I don't know what I'm going for. I got picked up in, at an airport in Germany by Bromowski, uh, who's the coach. And yeah, here we are driving through the mountains. And next time the mountains open up and we come into this beautiful town I've never seen anything like it and the story was over there a millionaire called Pete Klein was a boxing fanatic had put a camp together and he'd like handpicked some of the best fighters from around the world he's, he'd built this gym I've never seen anything like it and uh, I was just brought in as a sparring partner but you know when most for the, spa- for the German for far the, day of a, he was right? the same way as you did yeah he yeah. had a big fight coming up when most sparring partners uh, get brought in Tommy they just do the rounds and go to bed I just got stuck into the training I was beating them all on the track, I was going into the gym first, leaving last, and my week was up there, and I was about to go home, Next it's like a knock on the door. and Pete wants to speak to you downstairs. Pete's the investor? He's the the, the owner. Man. And I go down, and he goes, uh, what's your setup, blah, blah, blah. I said, look, I'm actually in contract in America. And he bought me out of the contract in America. He said, I want to keep you here. I like what I've seen in you all week. So I'm thinking, this is crazy. Like, you know, I was, I was done boxing last week. <laughs> no, no. He gets on the phone to a man in America, Pays the money, buys me out of the contract. Now I'm living and training in Liechtenstein. Gets a brand new apartment, brand new car. I'm back on top of the world, bro. Literally, <laughs> you know, and everyone's ringing me, how did you end up over there? Where even are you in the world? It was beautiful. And uh, what a time that was in my life. And um, put you on a the wage then, yeah? yeah? Well, I'm money every month. Brand new car, brand new apartment. The first fight was a private event for millionaires and like TDs of Germany in Kitzbühel it's like a it's like a skiing resort and yeah i've never seen an event like it and we're in there all punching heads off each other while all these millionaires are agreeing sponsorships for this new business they were launching and yeah it was just a mad time the second fight then was against the german champion for a wbc belt so so this is it now i've cracked it you know what i mean i'm in lichtenstein i'm making good money and it's finally paid off everything i've been through i'm delighted now i'm back happy again mm-hmm. bro done done a 12 week camp the week before the fight COVID comes along and the company goes bust and i get sent home so next night i'm lying back in my old bedroom looking at the ceiling thinking
1: he didn't get the fight
0: the fight didn't happen the company's gone bust." So this is literally
1: three years ago yeah start COVID. Uh, yeah and what was the company so the the gym company went bust so
0: basically he brought us into the office we were getting a bad feeling anyway and he said guys look to keep you all here and run the gym my outgoings going to like i think it was like 35 grand a month he said i just can't keep doing that he actually said i spoke to someone high up in the government this was a powerful man and he said angela merkel and she said to me this was at the beginning of COVID. this is here for a long time and we all thought it was going to go... They yeah, knew, they knew. But we all thought, <laughs> and I thought, it was going to go away in two weeks. Everybody did it at the beginning. This is yeah, the very beginning. So it was like, hey, knew, are man. you serious? Okay. He said, I speak to someone high up, and this is going to be here for a long time. I'll never forget him saying it because of what what came of it. Um, and yeah, he knew. And uh, Well, they all knew, didn't they? They all knew, bro. They all knew. But next minute... I planned it. I'm at home, lying in my old bedroom, looking at the ceiling, thinking what's after happening here you know, you lost your job life's just come crashing down again <laughs> you know yeah it's just been a telltale of like that constantly Tommy which is nuts even talking about it now I'm, I'm thinking how am I even still boxing you yeah, know yeah I mean, and not
1: just boxing you just had a huge fight
0: I know yeah so
1: Wait, where's the Jake Paul thing coming
0: so I'm just trying to get the, the timeline of it all so I finished Liechtenstein and uh, I'm done with boxing again <laughs> you know you know how it is it's <laughs> a lovely relationship isn't it but no matter what happened I can always say oh, I always grab my bag and went back to the gym it's just how I function in life at this stage Tom even though I haven't got a fight coming up I'm just in the gym anyway for my mental health do you know what I mean I believe everybody should you know you grab your bag no matter what stresses or problems you have in life grab your bag go to the gym for 40 minutes put yourself under a bit of pressure and when you're coming back out that door You feel
1: much better do you know what I'm, I'm saying I'm a different like, person if I don't yeah,
0: go to and, you. and that will work for everyone not just me and you but that's always my answer you know everyone always says to me back home Oh, you're you're running all the time, you know, maybe you're running too much for a boxer. Like I'm not running for boxing. I'm running because it sets What's me up for my day. You know, I put my earphones in, you know, and off you go. I come back and I feel brand new and do what I have to do then that day. But yeah, I come back from Liechtenstein. That was a big blow if I'm being honest, because they had so much gone on and gone on. I'm like How
1: long was you there? Two years.
0: Yeah, I was there two years. It was a big part of my life and what a time it was. It was amazing you know one of my fellas a really good friend of mine now osley iglesias they had brought him from cuba he had no english i had no spanish we became best friends bro living in the apartment <laughs> it was just a mad time um but yeah i went home i said am i going ahead with this boxing still or what and of course the answer was yes start getting a couple of fights here and there and and this is at the start of COVID. yeah yeah i'm yeah, start getting a couple of fights Um, during COVID actually in Spain and places like that there were still the promoters running small shows and I thought I need to keep my name relevant and I think that was the difference in me and a lot of other guys they just said oh it's COVID I'm just going to stay at home in this game you need to keep you need to keep your name out there so I done that the best I could A couple of fights here and there and then just randomly one day I thought it was a wind up I get a phone call I was like alright Dylan how would you be fixed to spar Conor McGregor for his next fight and I'm like you know what is going on here I'm like of course I'd love to what fight was this for Dustin Pry okay. um, number 2 I think mm-hmm. and uh, I'm like of course I said I've got a fight lined up in Spain next week though that I'll have to take care of first and he's like sweet go have your fight and we'll speak afterwards so I go to Spain have the fight and I remember lying in a hotel in Malaga the next morning after winning and I never thought that phone call was going to come if I'm being honest and next time the phone rings it's like well done last night are you good to fly to Portugal like that Tuesday, the following Tuesday, I'm like, of course, my bag's packed, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Next time I'm in Portugal, bro, I'm McGregor's sparring partner, and uh, yeah, it was a crazy time in my life. Um, you could, you just couldn't make it up, could you?
1: No, no, you couldn't, because that's ups and downs, ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, and then me. And McG- McGregor must have been a hero to you? Come on, like I'm Irish, Irish. you know what I mean?
0: I'm a fighter. It's Conor McGregor. You can only imagine. <laughs> and I had to try and play the part that not act like a little fanboy. Do you yeah, know what man. I mean? But what a time that was. We spent six weeks in Lagos in Portugal. Um, this gym was like built into the cliff, a beautiful place. Obviously, this was in the middle of COVID again, so it was really quiet out there. And a lot of work went on in them six weeks, but what an experience it was for me. Just uh, I'd be always trying to learn, always trying to pick people's brains and just see how, how McGregor operates with his team and the way that they work and, and whatnot. And that was, yeah, how does that, you, was, that was you, unbelievable. he McGregor's an absolute gentleman, him and his family. I couldn't have been more welcome out there And again, he's a guy like yourself. There'd been a lot of misleading headlines, a lot of stuff in the papers, and you know, the opinion I would have had then would have kind of been juggled from only things I'd seen in the media. But I got to go and see him for myself, and I was like, I couldn't have been further from the truth, you know what I mean? So welcoming out there. And uh, yeah, it was an amazing six weeks. Um, Connor himself, like I said, really, really nice guy and I'd pride myself on hard work. This guy's pulling up in a Lambo, all the money in the world, and getting on the mat like and grafting harder than anyone in the gym, and I suppose you have to respect that, don't you?
1: Yeah, 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 because I see some people, some people say negatives about him, mm. since he's made all his money. Yeah. You see people frying, well, people find negatives about it against everyone.
0: I think you can only take people from your own experience with yeah, them. Yeah, you yeah. know, you can't ever judge someone off someone else's opinion. Well, I don't do that anyway, <laughs> and I've met Connor, an absolute gentleman. You know, listen, when I got bet last week, one of the first guys to text me, you know, he don't have to be texting me. Can you imagine how busy his phone is? Yeah, yeah. But just little things like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Portugal, six weeks out there. And um, I never even knew what we were going to do, Boy, I thought it was just Portugal. It's like somebody finished the last bar in Portugal and they're like, right, we're going home um, for Christmas. And then we're flying to Dubai the first week in January. And I'm like, what? And they're like, Yeah, we're going for another six weeks in Dubai. And uh yeah, it was just all a bit mad, Tommy. Loving what, it. What's crazy about it is, uh, Connor's cutman, Andy O'Neill, he's my cutman as well. When we're leaving Portugal, there'd been a bit of beef going on with Jake Paul at the time with Connor. And we're on the back of the bus going to the airport and Andy says to me, um, this Jake Paul fella shows up over here, he says, you just deck him, make sure I have says the phone on. Were you just decking? Yeah, and you, and you'll be all right, we'll get you out. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, Andy, don't even mind me up, I said, because if he does show up, I'm going to do that, you know what I mean? So at this point in time, Jake Paul hasn't a clue who Dylan the is. But yeah. It was yeah. just a conversation, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, so next night we go to Dubai anyway, we're training away as normal, and, uh, I think it was about three weeks in, and, I'm in bed. we have sparring at four o'clock in the morning. Connor's getting his body clock ready, so we're sparring at mad hours. And uh, I was obviously asleep. Next time I wake up, I'm in the bathroom brushing my teeth, and I can hear my phone buzzing, 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 buzzing. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So I go and I look at my phone. Jake Paul had made the call-out video about me, but everyone at home, because of the time difference, had seen it. And so I didn't.
1: Why did he make the call-out about you? It
0: was just trying to get to Connor about my knockout in America. This is who he's sparring.
1: Oh, okay. Do you know what okay. I mean? Okay, and, so he's trying to mug him off. Using yeah, threw
0: me and started mugging me off. Okay. And bro, I'm not even awake, Tommy. You know, I'm in the hotel room and I'm looking and <laughs> like, my phone's Paul. gone crazy and I'm like, what? what's after Have you can only try and comprehend that yeah you yeah. know what i'm saying it was mad enough for me even just being in the camp let alone next minute Jake Paul's put me all over the world you know i finally got a coffee got awake i'm all over tmz in america everybody's ringing me back home and i was like oh, this is a load of madness and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it's just a mad time in my life and i was uh connor actually messaged me and he was like um my first reaction was I was angry about it, do you know what I mean? I'm like, as you would be. Yeah. You know, who does he think he is, blah blah blah, and Connor being Connor sensible, he said, Look where you are now, bro, you're everywhere. Yeah, you C- so. Capitalise on it. You know, you're gone all over the world. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, right, what am I gonna do? Off I go on my own, get a Lamborghini, get the phone out, make a video and then that goes bigger than Jake's. One. Like, yeah, and it makes things ten times what worse. Did you the video? I just said uh I said you're disrespecting people, good people I said the last number of weeks me and you would go to Mayweather's gym, I said, doghouse rules, and let's see how that works out for you. I said, you make videos for a living, I fight. And uh, it just went all over the place. And as you can imagine, YouTube went mad. and oh, this, okay. Yeah, and it was just a whirlwind of fucking publicity from then on. Um, if I'm being honest with you, I'm glad that's all behind me now, because I had to drive on my own career. You know, it was kind of like you were just calling our sparring partner, and I was like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to be that. And I remember one day... Someone left a comment on Facebook. This this was going on for months. I couldn't get away from it. Everywhere I went, it was Jay Paul, Jay Paul, Jay Paul. And someone goes, this guy's just going to be remembered for that's... being Connor's sparring partner. And that really hit me. I was like, nah, that's not what it's supposed to be. I was happy to go and have that experience with Conor. I was more than happy to help him. But now I need to drive on with my own thing. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Well, so I'm man. glad it, it's been and done. It's a closed chapter. But uh, what I told him it was.
1: What do you think of the whole Jay Paul thing? What do you think of the whole YouTuber boxing Kind of like
0: it just goes with everything else in the world. The world's gone crazy. God knows what's gonna happen next. You know, when the first happened, I didn't really agree with it, I wouldn't think. Um but at the at the moment I'm like, look, this is the way the world is going and if you don't go with it, well then you're gonna get left behind.
1: I went to their first fight night in um the first YouTuber one, Jake mm. Paul was Jake Paul Logan Paul when it was in Manchester. Right. It was good. Yeah, it was a fucking good,
0: I took my son. Like, if I'm being honest with you, I I didn't know who Jake Paul was before the video, being straight. But when I looked into it, man, you have to respect what he's after doing. The guy's a multi, multi multi-millionaire. He's a a marketing genius. And I tip my hat to anybody like that, you know, whether he's slagged me off on YouTube or not. You know what I mean? Fair play to you, bro. You know, crack on and get what you can from this life.
1: So all that's blown up, so then what'd you do? Re- kick on with your own career? So yes,
0: yeah, so all all that blew up and then I, I got home and um I was just had my own career back in my hands again, you know, what's next? Like I said, I needed to move on from that and uh, I signed my Frank Warren.
1: Did just did just did, did did all this you blowing up off the back of the Jake Paul thing help? Getting yes, getting uh, you signed the, by whatever Frank
0: Warren? It, that has helped me with everything I've gone on to do and I've no problem in saying that. Mm. But at the same time, I got into that situation through my hard work, yeah, if yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like I said, keeping myself relevant in COVID. kept going back to the gym after all the mishaps I've mentioned yet. Yeah. I could have threw my gear bag away or packed in boxing at any of those situations, I told you, and it would have been justified. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And many would have done. Yeah, but I didn't. I kept going. And uh, next night, I saw him with Frank Warren, and that was a big deal for me, because I'm a boxing fanatic since I'm a young kid, and you know, there'd been no pro boxers in the city I'm from. And... You know, from day one of putting a glove on for me to get to Frank Warren. It's a long journey. But here I am, I'm in his office. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I signed with Frank, um moved back to Manchester to train with a different coach. And um up until then, I had kind of had the reins on my career all the time. I was in control. Like, I've managed and promoted myself to where I am today, which is, is mad to say. Um But actually, I signed with Frank. Couldn't say a bad word about Frank, but I just didn't like how things were going. You know, I had one fight, I moved my whole life to Manchester. I'm thinking now that I'm with Frank, I'm finally going to get the big fights. I wanted the big fights, do you know what I mean? I'm done fighting these guys that I know I'm going to beat, no disrespect to them, but I want the big fights. It's time to push on now. Move my whole life to Manchester. Have my first fight in Birmingham. The fight is drawing closer and closer and closer. I have no opponent, no opponent. Next thing they give me a guy that isn't really a big name, and that kind of just kind of done it for me you know so i had that fight and i was like right i need out of here um i need to get my own career back in my own hands and that's what i done i left frank off my own accord most people say he left them go and things like that that's not the case at all at all at all um i got my coach. what do
1: you mean he, he they had you fighting journeyman journeyman journeyman, journeyman yeah journeyman,
0: journeyman. and i was annoyed that i packed up my life again and moved to manchester it's not an easy thing to do because I thought I was getting the big fights the big
1: names that Frank had you sound like you've been on the move the whole year the yeah whole year,
0: you man. know and, and been honest with you Tommy. But younger years that was a buzz and it was exciting I'm 28 now man do you know what I mean it's, it's not exciting anymore you know it isn't about all this anymore I just want to fight you know and I'd signed with Frank and I didn't get that fight and I got a bit annoyed about it and I said uh, yeah I'm going I'm to leave and get get my own career back, back on track I like having control of it because I didn't do it too bad up until then nah and how'd you do that how did you do- the coach I was with I said look will you ring Frank he had a good relationship with him and ask asked him can I leave there was no issues I tell him thank you for everything and uh, next night I was a free agent again so to cut back a bit when I first signed professional there was two things I never wanted to do look I knew I was never going to be a fly man or whatever you know I live in the real world I get hit too much but I can have a bit of a fight if you want to follow someone that's going to you know, train their arse off in the gym and go out in a shield in the ring on that guy mm-hmm. um, I had two things I wanted to do because of all my early days of boxing and kickboxing and the support I got from my city I always said I'm going to bring a big show home here as a professional boxer so that was number one and number two was fight on Sky Sports so when I left Frank I got in touch with a guy in my city a promoter, Neil Power shout out to Neil Power we put a plan in place and next night the big homecoming was on the cards April 8th this year and what a night it was! Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, that's why you're we kind of thinking about coming over. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So that was number one that I wanted to do. Neil Power delivered oh, so on my board.
1: So you was recently leaving Frank Warren and literally you've done the two.
0: Yeah, you know? I'm going to do my own thing. I want to fight at home because I don't think anything beats fighting at home. You know, I was fighting in these arenas in Birmingham and that and they were big and they were fancy looking and but nothing beats fighting in your home nah, city. I swear, Tommy, I was driving to the arena that night with all my mates, all my family, it was special, man, I swear. It was worth everything I'd been and gone through. And, uh, like I say, shout out to Neil Power. He delivered on all the chords. It was an amazing night. Everyone had a great night. Um, I won, and uh, what a buzz that was. You know, I was back in love with boxing again, and that brought us up to my last one. After back of that, I get a phone call.
1: So off the back of that win at
0: home. After back after the- the back of the homecoming brought us to my fight last week. Um, Dylan. Do you want to fight Florian Marco on Sky Sports? You know, I couldn't say yes quick enough. And uh yeah. He's a that, big name as well. Big name. Um it's funny I'd message him in 2021, you know, I watch all the boxing shows in the sitting room on my own at home and uh I messaged him saying, Florian, after you beat this guy we need to fight. He obviously never seen it, but he did when my name started circulating for me and him for the last one. And
1: then he looked and saw your message. Yeah, yeah, then he looked and, then he <laughs> so looked he then water. he looked
0: and seen it um but yeah and then last weekend Tommy it all came crashing down on me again bro
1: you know it it is what it is talk to me about that the build-up to the fight as well it was a big build-up on it it was crazy i see the videos were getting a lot of views your head-to-heads yeah i think your character was coming over it was good to
0: yeah yeah it, it was crazy um look what an experience like i said there was two things i wanted to do when i turned pro to homecoming and fight on sky sports and I'm glad I got I've got to do the two with them, you know, and all within six months, you know, it, it was it's after been a crazy, a crazy few months to be fair. And without I, a manager. Yeah, without a manager, you know, I like. How do I say it? Very grateful for the experience. I'm still trying to deal with how the fight ended. Um, it's uh, it's not easy. It's heartbreaking, bro. You know, I've been out here the last two weeks and. You know, people might be looking at social media and I've been putting up nice food and that and it probably looks like Dylan's okay with it and Dylan's cracked on with his life. Man, I swear to God, it's been, it's been a hard two it's been weeks. Like, do you know what I mean? But it's you have just, to go as a man and deal with that and accept it and move I've been here before and everyone said it was over and look what came after the loss in America. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm here yeah. now again, so I know what I have to do. That doesn't make it any easier, but I just need to process it.
1: This was the Bank undercard.
0: Yeah, but Tommy, living the dream, bro. If I was to take the pros from it, and, you know, in every negative situation, there's a lot of pros and cons. The pros was, I watched my brother have the time of his life. I watched my dad. He's only fourteen. Okay, three, yeah, times years, three times over. Three times over, champion. Is uh, up and open? coming. I'm and sure. uh, to have him there, like if I had have had that experience at that age, it would have been priceless. You know, I've gone on to do fairly okay without any of that. You know, I I was blindfolded like, going into pro boxing. I just had to find my own feet. He's not going to have to do that. But I watched him in Manchester. He didn't stop smiling from the minute he got off the plane to the minute he got on it. So that is worth everything to me. To have my dad there, you know, we started off in the garden shed, bro, to being in the AO arena in Manchester, show for the round. You've seen the press conference and all that. So they're all the pros to it. The cons is, you know, it's a personal journey. You know, you have to be selfish in boxing and it is about me. You know, it's my life. And yeah, I'm, look, I said it to you earlier on, had the fight in seven or eight rounds and Marco was too much for me. <coughs> can deal with that it's just how it ended didn't even get going like you know and yeah that's the frustrating thing about it
1: yeah it must be gutting man absolutely build up but you've had a lot of those build ups it sounds like
0: absolutely gotten but like i said i've been here before and it is what it is now i said it there for our breakfast this morning the only thing get me through is like in the grand scheme of things Dylan you're not lying in a hospital bed you've not been given six months to live so my problems aren't really worth talking about
1: this podcast is brought to you by urban scoop any support to carry on this work will be greatly appreciated please visit urbanscoop.news forward slash support us thank you yeah where'd you go from here
0: where do i go from here um you know i've getting that question a lot lately um, do, you, do you read I'm, all
1: the comments from people online that's what i like to know the boxers sit and read through when the comments did the comments affect them?
0: Um, so when I first started off, I would have said I, I did, yeah, and they did affect me. I think I'm at a stage in my life now where I'm mature enough to not leave some person that have no input or benefit to my life have an effect on my day. Shit. Um, and I'm glad to be able to say that because 90% of the world can't, you know, their whole day is run by social media. Like I said earlier, on you know, if a girl or a boy posts a photo on Instagram and it doesn't get a certain amount of likes. They're gonna let they? that ruin their day. Why would you give that power to an app on your phone? Saying that it's easier said than done.
1: When you're in, the, when you're in the spotlight. Yeah. Which you, the two weeks ago, you were in the spotlight. Yeah.
0: And to be fair, I actually get a lot of support. You know, people get get behind me. But why I, I couldn't tell you, but I do get a lot of support, um, which is a good thing. And the Irish always support. Yeah, I get great support, man. It's crazy to be honest, and very grateful for it. But. You do have your, your couple of bad comments as you expect. But you know what, Tommy, if you're not getting them in this world you're not doing it enough. And yeah. that's just how I look at it. You need to be getting them. When you're getting them you know you're doing something right.
1: What is it? You you have enemies, it's good. It means you stood up for something. that was church. Yeah. That was church. Yeah. You know you. you know
0: what I mean? But yeah, at the moment, I'm just gonna process what happened. I'm not I'm not in the mental space to go back to the gym yet if I'm being honest, because I'm still hurting over it. Um, you've been training this morning? Yeah, tipping away. Just to get you through the day, keep it, keep the yeah, head fresh, yeah. keep you straight. But yeah, it still doesn't make it any easier. But like I said, I'll process it. I'll get back to the gym. Um just need to keep the mind busy. Especially with me. Like a man's worst enemy is an idle mind, you know, so I need to get the gloves on, I need to stick to what I know, I need to stick to my routine and then as time goes by, you know, I'll be okay with what's happened and I'll get back in the gym and drive on, I'm sure
1: who knows what's coming next who knows that's
0: that's that's the crazy thing about it yeah, yeah. and that's how i keep looking back at it i remember how i felt after america and i thought that was it i've blown it i've blown my it. chance you know the Come whole country seen me get knocked out and all the hype behind me look look what came after that and you know what another way i look at it is had i not got knocked out in america Jay paul would have not made that video does that oh, make yeah, sense yeah, yeah. yeah of in a mad roundabout way yeah so it all leads to something it all leads to something yeah and uh, at the moment I can't see how last week is going to lead to anything <laughs> the because at the moment but who knows what's to come
1: what, and where do you want to be do you want to be in Ireland because yeah. you have sound
0: like you've yeah, been everywhere I, yeah I'm at that stage and I want to be at home Tommy like I said when I was growing up I was consumed by social media you wanted to be the popular guy you wanted the cameras you wanted the attention you wanted all this as every kid does I think growing up but I'm, I've went there and I've kind of done all that now and I realise it isn't to be all and end all. It, um, it actually means nothing, if I'm being honest. And I'm 28 years of age now. I'm delighted to be at home. I've linked up with an old coach of mine, Jimmy Payne. I'm back training with my dad. I'm able to help out with my little brother. And yeah, I'm happier back there than I've ever been. The, the buzzer running around Europe with a gear bag on my back, it's kind of gone. Back then, like you were excited, I might meet Andy Joshua. I might be Tyson Fury. That stuff, like, you know, excited, yeah done all that now just want to be at home want to put the work in have a couple of fights open a gym and yeah just get on with life
1: you want to open your own gym
0: yeah that was always the goal in o- o- open my own gym in Waterford in Waterford in Waterford open my own gym but having said that I'm not in a position to open a gym yet I know there's a lot of my career left I can feel it yeah. I, I just have so much to give and that's the frustrating thing about last Saturday I've not got to give it
1: well I was reading loads of comments lots of people were predicting that you'd boxing as well yeah I I know you're an outsider but I was reading lots of different I still believe bro 10 times out of 10
0: I beat him credit to the guy he done what he done to me in the first round but it's just I didn't even get warmed up Mm. it was just I was back in the dressing room I'm like wow there's no excuses I had an amazing camp I felt unbelievable but it's just the the game is the game and I I got caught I watched it happen to so many other people and I'm sure they had to deal with it just like how I'm dealing with it now it's mad isn't it it's Mm. crazy
1: Going. talking about, about Ireland you happy to talk about Ireland yeah and because I went to Ireland recently I went yeah. and made a film there yeah
0: caused a bit of controversy
1: of course controversy everywhere I Follows go. Everywhere you go everywhere I go the headlines the headlines follow it was insane really yeah the reset the headlines and from the politicians the politicians were literally trying to incite people to attack me from the streets saying I shouldn't be welcomed on the streets of Ireland yeah my mum's Irish like, and I was go- I was going there as a journalist. I didn't go there and incite hate or anything like that. I went there to find out what's actually happening in Ireland because a lot of people are looking at Ireland, and uh, I know there's a lot a lot going on there. It's, it's changed a lot over the last two years. You're just sticking your nose in places people don't
0: want you to really. That, that's what's going on, you know. And maybe something will come out that they don't want to come out on these topics. I'm not really too educated on, them, so I kind of keep my opinions to myself. But like I've done my homework on you before I come here but I always remember about you and it showed me the power of social media I I said it to him actually when you first came across my phone got this like completely wrong idea obvious because of social media these short form edits that were just popping up I was like who's this guy why is he on about that I was like is he fucking is he mad (laughs) but as time went by, I seen the longer form and I seen your own stuff that you were putting out and I was like I actually agree with everything this guy is saying and then I was going back in my head and I was thinking like Look what, look what media can do, yeah, if yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Look what I put out, and I thought, this guy, don't like him at all. You know, I'd never yeah. sit and do a podcast with him. Yeah. And as time goes by, I'm like, yo, I had that all wrong, and hence why I'm sat yeah. here. Does that make sense? That's how yeah, powerful that, it is.
1: It does, but then there'll be still some people who even will watch things and still have that opinion that you originally had, because they haven't, because they've been told how to think by the media. Yeah. But the whole of Ireland, the whole of Ireland was getting told, I'm anti-Irish. Then newspapers are running stories saying, "Oh, like, I hate the Irish." It's like, where have you got, where
0: have you got that from? I know. And then, then there's the truth. Like, if you hate the Irish, I'm not going to be sad. here. Yeah, that's yeah. it. My mum's Irish. Know, I love you the know Irish. You're know saying, but, like, there's probably going to be controversy for me sat here, but I, 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 could never live my life based on the opinions of others. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. happy to be sat here. I know why I'm sat here. Yeah, do you know exactly. what I'm saying? And I think more people need to do that. I, the way it works is whatever comes out in the local headlines at home and the newspaper or be there on the news channel, people just believe it and they don't question it. Yeah, that's how it. And 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 have you seen the change in your city? I have, if I'm being honest. Um, go back five, six years ago, you knew where everyone was, who was living there, who this person was, who that person was. You drive through my town now, and you see people that you've never seen in your life. You don't know what part of the world they're from, and yeah, there is a massive change there. But like, how do I say it? What what do you do about it? And it's
1: happened quick and fast in Ireland. I think that's what's happened.
0: Yeah. Well, like, what do, what do, what? How do you? I respect what you're doing. You know, well, my thing
1: is, well, all the Irish people I met just said that the people aren't being vetted, so we don't know who's coming in. So then people are fearful. So
0: I, I would totally disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, and I believe yeah. anyone would. Why would you leave anyone into your country that hasn't been vetted? You know, yeah. just, there's some lunatics in the world. Um, in terms of the town and things like that, like what, what do you do about it? Why, what power do the people actually have unless they come out in mass numbers? that's probably the only thing that would make a difference do you know what I mean so when it comes to these things I tend to kind of just just crack on with my life do you yeah. know what I'm saying and I know that isn't always the answer
1: no sometimes it, well because it's a mad world well, if you're concentrating on one thing it's hard to concentrate on others because yeah. the, ho- the whole world's mad not just on the immigration issue not just on COVID now we've got trans just on every aspect of life, it's, it's, it's clam a, world.
0: It's a mad, mad rabbit hole, isn't it? And it's you, a mad rabbit hole. You could go yeah. on for days. And I've been down it for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: can't
0: get out. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, I'm 15 years you in. You know what it is, you've got all these mad things, and I just live life, where I don't care what colour you are, what country you're from, what you believe in, you come to me, I've got good energy off you, you're manly, you treat me with respect, you're going to get the same, everything else is irrelevant. And when I live like that, life is pretty easy. You know, all that other stuff... Because it's not, it's not my area, it's not my field of work, do you know what I mean? I go to the gym, uh, I mean well, I do well, but my, but my friends, my family and myself, you know, judge me on that and I sleep soundly at night.
1: Yeah, no, fair play. I just noticed that some even 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 like the changes that are happening, what about, the, what about locally in Ireland? Has there been any recognisable change with the, have you seen the whole transgenderism issue, issue non-binary issue? Yeah, I have She's, I
0: have seen all of that. Because um, these, well,
1: the, these are things that are, were, to some people they're a million miles away. Yeah? Yeah. I'll tell you a story in a second. Yeah, what happened with my son? But I'm wondering if that's be my my cousin. Where's my phone? My cousin sent this. Uh, my cousin's in Ireland, yeah. The show what she showed me. Um, so I received this. I went to parents teachers meeting for my 15 year old. This is the hallway. Yeah? So yeah. it's everything. The, the whole hallway is rainbows. Yeah, um, um, they're being taken out of their class and taught. It's just. It's, so she said you know, that so many kids in this school, in in a, her child school in Ireland, are non-binary or trans. wonder did I say? You've seen it in your yeah, town. Yeah,
0: it, it is coming to my town. And um, what's my opinion on that? My opinion on that is I'm not massively educated on the matter. And I think sometimes when you're not educated on a matter, you should just kind of, yes, you know, right. yeah. Yes. Um, but I do know your younger years in your, lo- in your life, like everything I've been around, uh, people i have been around, things I've seen, I've heard, in, the environments I was in, they, they, they create who I've gone on to become, the man I am today. And if kids are listening to that at them years, in 20 years time, what kind of a generation are we gonna have? I think it's gonna be pretty messed up.
1: Mate, you know, I, got, I got a phone quote from, from my son's school. And they said, There's been an incident at school today. My son's Spencer, he's 14. There's been an incident at school today. I was, I was like, Okay, what's happened? So a pupil's on the floor crying. Yeah. Your son has gone over to the pupil and said, Is she okay? At which point, two other pupils have turned around and said, It's not a she. Yeah. I, uh... He's misgendered. Okay. At which point, so they've basically been abusive to my son, who's gone over to help this little girl so then he said it is a she it's a girl and they said it. she's not it's not a girl and then he at which point the teacher said now this is where we have a big problem at which point your son asks has she got a penis yeah
0: All
1: right. I said okay I said has she got a penis and then and my son's in isolation so for this yeah, my hard. son's in isolation yeah. So I said, my son's in, my, you've put my son in isolation because he's gone over to help a girl on the floor. Can we just confirm that he went over because a girl was crying? He said, yeah. I said, can, can I ask you another question? There's 450 kids in that in that year of school. There's 60 trans, trans 60 now. Yeah? yeah. And I said, have you told the school pupils who's, who's now identifies as boys or girls? He said, no. I said, there's no way that my son knows when he's walked over to that, that girl can I ask you another question does it look like a girl he said yeah
0: Yeah.
1: I said this is fucking absolute clown world I said get my son out of that classroom now I'm coming to collect him I said the two girls because she says that the, the other they're all trans they all identify as trans the others then started swearing at my son yeah they started swearing at my son and then um, so I said are they in isolation are any other pupils in isolation he said no I said so why why is my son in isolation trying to help a girl who's on the floor because it because he's misgendered them because a hate crime it's like are you are you for real but like, but what sort of world is that for, how, how does a 14 year old boy growing up in school how are they going to deal with this mess that they've created well, i
0: can't even comprehend it to be honest with you. like the story it's that you it's bad, just said, isn't it? from when i used to, go to when school. i was at school That's you, m- it's not so long ago no it's 10 years ago but what
1: i, what I worry is
0: what kind of a generation are we going to have in 20 years when they're being brought up listening to that and where's it all come from? What's it about? Like, what's it? The, is there an agenda with it? What, what is it? it has you know, to m- be. My opinion on it, like I, the only bit I touch on is is gay. Like, if my best friend comes to me and says he's gay. I'm like, sweet, you know, it's none of my business. We're going to get a coffee. Yeah, it's yeah. your own business, like you know. And men are men, and girls are girls. And they said all this transgenderism has come in, and like I said, I'm not really it's educated on the matter, but it just sounds like a load of madness. And like they should really just leave the kids alone, man, because that is crazy.
1: Seven-year-old not. Like I see some parent the other day, my seven-year-old's non-binary. <laughs> it's like, no, no, your seven-year-old's not non-binary. You're suffering from mental health, and now you're inflicting that on your on your pupil. But all of these kids. So my, my son even says, all the kids that are identified as trans are all self-harmers, are all not well. They're all none of them. Well. And, then, and then and then and then. So and then after that, there's another issue in the school, because this teacher rings up and says your son keeps. Uh, saying that he wants to transgender (laughs) he keeps shouting out that he wants to transgender in class and it's a it's a problem so then i said okay that is a pro i said why is he saying that he goes he's just like taking the piss yeah so i said all right i'll talk to him so when i got home he said dad the tran the trans kids get to wear headphones yeah so then i ring the school and said do the trans kids get to wear headphones in class he said, well, they, some of them have issues, so they, we have certain things. I said, so you're giving a special treatment to children who are transgendering that they can wear headphones and their own jumpers. Of course my son's going to say he wants transgender. Of course he is, because then he wants to wear his headphones. But even for
0: all that to be going on in your son's head. He's a mad,
1: yeah, in his head at it 14. He's just going mad that yeah. we're even talking about He comes home like, Dad,
0: Dad. The whole, the whole situation is crazy, like, mm. and that's what I'm saying to you. Where are we going to be in 20 years?
1: What do you see in 20 years, like? A very weak population. Yeah, proper diluted, diluted. To yeah, crazy. Like, of weak. What advice would you give any young lads? So you've you've had a not a conventional career. You've you've had ups downs. You've what would you give any? What, what advice would you give young lads who are looking up
0: to? So I would be very morally correct, Tommy. Sometimes that works far and against me. Like if I'm your friend, I'm your friend. Very loyal, very respectful. You know, don't try and be the cool guy, but be the good guy. You know, it took me years to learn that, and you know, just be yourself. Get in the gym, work hard. Um, you know, ex- I, I always just try and push on everyone. If you're exercising and you're eating right food, life will automatically become a whole lot. Everything, easy, falls everything in fall into place after that. That's my first advice, and after that, just be a good person. You know, I remember the years when I was growing up. You wanted to be the the tough guy. I think as every young fellow wants to be, and when that gets you nowhere. It's a, a long road to know it really And you know When I start being myself And just being a good person Like I said I'm a loyal guy I keep my circle small A bit of an introvert Me you wouldn't think it um, Life becomes a whole lot easier So I do well Mean well And just help When you can And um, where, where,
1: where were you box again?
0: At the moment I don't know um, Like I said I'm still processing What happened last week But I, I'm going to deal with that you know i've been here before i'm not looking for no pity party because i don't want one and i never wanted one i process it and i'm sure as always in a, um, a week maybe a month you get that itch and it's like i'm getting my bag i'm going back to the gym but i can tell you this much now we did is career
1: far from over yeah working man i've enjoyed talking to you bro pleasure thanks. thank you for having me cheers no thanks a lot cheers and good luck if you're watching this you, you know we're censored we're blacklisted We rely on you to produce our content and we rely on you to get our message out. So please like, share and subscribe. Carry on watching for more interesting guests. I'll talk to anyone. I'll debate anyone. I'll hear anyone's story. If you want to help me along that way, it's not free. I need your support. If you can support my family, that gives me my peace of mind. It means I can continue to do the work I do. You can do so at www.supporttommy.com. I appreciate every bit of support, as do my children. It gives me the ability to fly them out here to see me so I can stay in constant contact with them. I'm the platform and I'm censored, so I need you. I need you to share this content. Make sure you stay tuned for upcoming weekly guests, interesting guests, exciting guests. I'm Tom Robson, and this has been my podcast, Silenced.